Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. We are talking the, um, last week and the next few weeks about historical fiction. And so today we wanted to dig into setting a little bit. And this is something that I will say right off the bat, Laura is way better at than I am. It's Writing settings is not a strength of mine, um, but I'm really excited to dig into talking about it and to just kind of talk about the ways that setting can influence our stories and strengthen our stories. Well, and... I find what's interesting about historical settings is that we also kind of lean in heavily to specific settings. Like yes. it is, it is interesting how when you look at the like broad spectrum of books, we do come back over and over again to Victorian London. We yeah, do come true. back There's over a and lot over of again. Fiction that just <laughs> covers that same period, yeah. Right. And, and mysteries like the the streets and the, like it, it has this great almost you say Victorian London and it has all of these attributes that all of a sudden come up ready made. I think in our mind even yeah. like we we think of the like Jack the Ripper. We think of the like the dark streets with like the lone moon and like the water and there's just so many we've seen it so many times done in in tv shows and movies that it almost has this great um shorthand to it Mm, where it kind of it can be imported and have a bunch of feelings associated with it already and doing a unique brand new like not really explored setting can be almost so challenging to like start from scratch especially with historical i so i'll i'll give an example i'm writing about um papua new guinea and i've one never been able to be there two i'm writing about it in world war ii Mm -hmm. and three there's there's not a bunch of movies, books, anything really, other than like several very specific firsthand like memoir type thing accounts Mm. that that actually are set in a place. And it's so intimidating to be writing something that you're like, okay, let's go. And and you're trying to figure out how do you make that setting real? Like never having even been able to walk there. How do you approach that? Well, and you have a lot more work to do to get the reader to be able to picture that place. Um, So you need more specifics, you need more details and things like that. But when you're using a setting that we're so familiar with, Victorian England, you don't have to do quite as much of the the legwork yourself for the reader because the reader already comes in with so much assumption and things. I think it's really interesting too, like I hadn't really thought about this before, but that there's almost like a tone or a mood that goes with different settings that we're already familiar with. And you can utilize them to then produce that tone or mood within your book in a way that you might not be able to, if you had to start from scratch or if you were uh, writing a contemporary. And I like that. Like, I think I don't know. There's like a, (laughs) this is going to sound weird, but sometimes I think that there's like a spirit and aura to different cities. 
And I think yes. that was different time periods too. You have this kind of like essence of yes. that time period. And when you can tap into that in writing, you get um, a whole plethora of, of opportunity. I, I love the way you said that, like with the, the aura, because I think that that's a great, it, it's a great way of saying it because it's, it's almost, it, it's both physical, but it's also not like, it, yeah. it has like this manifestation in like what that means from a visual and sense and, you know, what it feels like, but it also kind of has this element to it that is difficult to define and yeah. difficult to put your finger on that definitely is a part of it mm-hmm. and I love how you know from a tone standpoint that that feels accurate too that it kind of carries that when we bring someone in you know to Regency or to again Victorian London or even ancient Greece yeah. it has these these elements to it that you kind of have an expectation of what Mm -hmm. type of story it will be. And you can kind of, it's fun because you can play with that. Yeah. You can play and like turn that expectation on its head if you want, Um, which kind of catches um, your reader looking potentially, Uh, or you can lean in and you can lean in and kind of let it do some of the work for you. Mm. But then when you do something that's kind of that new and from scratch, you kind of can build the tone yourself. You yeah. don't have those preconceived things. So yeah, you can it has its own really to, yeah. Yeah, create what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and from an inexperiential standpoint, as as I've been building a world that I have never walked in finding all the different things that can give you some of that sensory type of thing that you might be missing. I've, I've found things that like capture um, the sounds of like, what does it sound like in, in places in Papua New Guinea, like, like um, recordings and Mm. recordings of like, what did the planes sound like? What would, what would this smell like? What did someone who was there describe it as and so it kind of it allows you to get those kind of someone experiencing something or having provided some some elements to it so you don't have to create it all from scratch and then you can kind of use those things to kind of then make leaps of okay what does that make me think of what what then would this feel like what would you know this type of climate feel like and so there's a lot of different things you can use to kind of create that feeling to create the tone even to decide what time of year you want to set it in or what type of you know is it going to be are we going to be leaning in heavily to the rainy season or not and are we are we going to have scenes that do that like Mm -hmm. a scene that takes place during kind of a a really bad rainfall and it kind of can allow you to start imagining what things with the setting will then play well into the conflicts of the story yeah 
That's interesting. I feel like in historic fiction, especially the setting almost plays that role of character and creates this added layer. Like it can add not only yes. tone and feel, but also um, kind of this depth and, and be utilized a little bit as like a, or even as a plot point almost sometimes, you know, like you get yeah. this setting or weather, other things that can create conflict or drive the story forward in different ways. And, and any, any book you write, you can use setting that way. But I think it's particularly noticeable maybe in historic fiction. Yes. Well, and I think also like we make allowances a little more for it in historical mm-hmm. fiction, especially when it's something that is like this huge catastrophe type of sure. thing, because we can go back and say, okay, on this day, this volcano erupted. <laughs> like, yeah. you, and then you can like play that into the drama of the moment. Yeah. I think sometimes in, in like something that's more contemporary, we might be like, ah, like that feels fabricated. Like <laughs> why would there be a, <laughs> a volcano that erupts at that time? But we can kind of reverse engineer into it mm. in historical fiction. We mm. we make the assumption that yes, this this volcano erupted, and yes, someone had to see it, and so we kind of allow for right. that a little more than like if we're doing it in a more contemporary setting. At least that's my <laughs> like thoughts on no, that's interesting on that type of thing. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but you're totally right. Like, it, it makes a lot of sense. You can kind of um. Yeah, get get away with different things. I like how you said reverse engineer too. It, it made me think of kind of I have kind of a personal question for you. <laughs> like when, <laughs> so I was just thinking about some of the stories I know that you're working on or that are in your head, yes. and I, I'm pretty sure almost all of them take place in a time that's not contemporary. Um, I mean, you've got a, one. Okay, so I know that the World War II one, and then there's the um, yes. like noir kind history of kind of one. 19th. Yeah, 1920s speakeasy. Exactly. Like, and it made me just wonder, like, is that where you start? Like, do you start with setting and like, I want to write a story in this place or around this time or with this feel and then move into your story and plot and characters or just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious because that's very much not how. (laughs) Great question. (laughs) Like with, with the, with the World War II one, like that, being a family story, it started with people. And I kind of was, had to choose a setting that was there, but choosing like what happens specifically in the spaces was definitely based on what I found in research um, and what was interesting about those things. Like weird little vignette stories um, of like this place or that this happened here um, or for instance, there's a a submarine that comes into the Sydney Harbor and it actually happened that mm-hmm. um, a submarine came in and was potentially, I think there were two, three mini subs actually, and potentially they could have launched um, torpedoes. They could have been there to... Um, spy there was a lot of different things and a lot of unknown and a lot of tension over what happened and as the information came out like they sunk a ferry um there was a lot of fear and the second I read that I'm like that has to be in it because Mm -hmm. the characters are going to be in Sydney so like that definitely played 
a lot with kind of what ends up showing up in in that one and actually the noir i i love noir i've always loved it i i don't know why like i just i like the grit i love the hard-boiled detective but i've like in my head all of a sudden I was watching something. I think it was actually Miss Fisher Mysteries, which is a TV series. Uh-huh. Um, it actually takes place in Australia. Um, but she's a 1920s flapper who's also a consulting detective. And I, I, it just kind of these crossing of things combined mm-hmm. with why couldn't I do a hard-boiled female detective who kind of is in that setting of the speakeasy that going into, you know, to have the conversation in the, in this bar. Um, But the setting definitely feels like it came first. My love for the setting came first because I, there's a Star Trek episode that takes place like in that kind of hard boiled detective world. And I love it. Like it stuck with me over time. Yeah. (laughs) Where where, like Picard is the detective. And I just, it's funny how those kind of stick with me and I've always wanted to do a mystery and like leaning in heavily to Mm -hmm. that feel, but also then playing with it and being like, this isn't exactly going to go the way you think it is. Um, And, and I loved the idea of even taking the, like the songstress and changing who she is um, kind of doing, leaning into kind of, making her a different type of character because usually it's like someone he like shakes down for information and you're like (laughs) um and I just liked the idea of playing with that too of maybe these people these two people know each other and maybe they're friends and maybe there's like some some information that this person sees and is able to then pass on but it's not that kind of antagonistic relationship so there's things like that that was really fun and kind of naturally I think came out of what is the the tropes and the expectations of this and how can I then make it different how can I make it something that's new and fresh um so so that's how I've approached yeah those two kind of in their own ways and then the settings kind of either get to play into the the feelings of the genre or they get to kind of stand apart and Mm. and I do I think having that choice with this one especially of having ones that like going into a club Mm. you kind of get to lean into the assumptions that everyone's making and you kind of get to do all that shorthand of not having to explain everything. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a brand new kind of very different setting, that's where you do your work. That's where you do a lot of the differentiating it from what, what comes before. Um, So that's. (laughs) No, that's interesting. (laughs) It's really great. It's been a fun sandbox to play in of like having both the tone there for you to grab if you want it Mm -hmm. but to be able to not if you if you are leaning out if you're if you're make if you're saying something different um yeah (laughs) yeah that's interesting well 
we hope that you have fun exploring different settings and be brave in trying um, different things. If you're kind of have a story and you're unsure where to set it, think through like the feel and the tone and how you might use some things that are already established to um, set that up as a shorthand and think through too, like the events that have already taken place. And maybe there's something you can utilize to strengthen the story idea you already have. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity there with setting. And even going into other historical f- fiction works that are set within similar timeframes, yeah. seeing what they did, seeing their resources, because that can be really useful too. Like if yeah, they do okay. have a bibliography, you can go through and see um, the resources that they used. I know mm-hmm. for Regency, there's one that's like what Jane Austen ate and what mm-hmm. Charles Dickens thought. That's been really helpful. And mm-hmm. there's the Victorian one that I saw. Um, there's an Australian Victorian kind of writer who um, mentioned uh, a book. I'll, I'll go back in and include it. Um, I, I saw it in my research. And I think even just seeing what's available and yeah. then this is what's been fascinating. As I did my research, I actually found some home videos of like time frame 1940s Sydney and it was in color which is crazy no no audio but it was completely in color um there's amazing things that you can find on YouTube I mean there's there's great resources that are professional out there but you can find weird things that really help you out and even just doing some searching and trying different things like Mm -hmm. audio from Papua New Guinea like (laughs) there's things like that that can really help you um, along the way and and choosing setting sometimes based on what you have available to you mm. and sometimes being able to say okay I, I can I do have a you know a piece of research or a, a resource that can show me what this is like should I maybe lean in here because I, I know that this can be authentic um, versus something that it's like, maybe you don't feel like you have enough to really, to really create something authentically. Or maybe you just decide that you're going to create it from scratch and that's what you decide to do. So kind of playing into those different things too. Yeah, which leads us into something we'll be talking about in upcoming weeks or soon, which is research. So we'll dig into that soon and hope you join us for that. And we hope you keep reading and writing and putting your work out into the world.